The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. As always, I'm Mac 19 and joining us is Fishing Rick. How are you, mate? Hey, Tom. Good. What's going on? Oh, what a season we've had. Top of the ladder the whole year. First time since uh, Essendon in 2000 that that's happened. Um, geez, what a season we've had. Mate, it's been unbelievable. Everyone's been expecting us to um, tumble at some stage and we've just kept getting the job done. It's, yep. uh, <clears throat> yeah, well, hey, and, you know, and I guess we haven't really said, spoke too much about him, but I guess credit where credit's due, well done to Hinckley. Um, <clears throat> you know, we've been whipping him for the last five seasons and understandably so, and... Uh, but yeah, he um, yeah he's got the got the chocolates this yeah. year. Top Absolutely. four finally. I'm sure he's top a happy four. man. That's it. Great win last night to uh, to seal the deal and, and finish top for the first time since 2004. Um, yeah, what a what a season we've had. Like it's just been exciting the whole way through. You know, we've turned up pretty much every game and uh, and played our best. Yes, we've lost a couple of games, but who gives a shit? We've uh, we've won the, the majority of them, and uh, hopefully the best is yet to come. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm. Don't want to get ahead. The, we're in a review show, but I'm actually feeling very confident. Um, I think the boys have given us enough reason to be confident and. Mm. Yeah, I just, I, I just think that Geelong game was an anomaly. You know, like you look at last night's game, the the pressure we had on the ball carrier and our structure was just so much better, and our intensity than that that anomaly game. And I, yeah. I just really feel like we just kept our cards. Card once we were known, we we were sort of out of it. We just kept our cards close to the chest and. Let the boys sort of sink a little bit, and uh, yeah, I think, um, and I think really, what do you, as long as you can you can reduce uh, Hawkins' space, and I think just really tag uh, or man up on Dangerfield really hard, which we normally do pretty well. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm quite excited. Look, the good Looking thing is forward. we've got a lot of uh, a lot of time to uh, to review that game and oh. uh, work out what went wrong and. Uh, and make sure we come up with uh, some strategies to try and stop that from happening. Absolutely. We've got, what, nine days? Thursday next week. Thursday next week should be an absolute belter. Port versus Geelong. And how many people? 30,000? Not sure. I think I read somewhere that we've only got 12,500 tickets, which, um, to start with, and it's obviously 50-50, and uh, then it depends on what sort of uptake Geelong members have, and then we'll get the rest. So hopefully it ends up being you know, yeah. 20, 23, 24,000 port members there. Unless there's 12,000 Geelong members in Adelaide, like none of none from Melbourne can come over because they have to quarantine no. for 14 yeah. days. So <clears throat> I guess the AFL has to do their uh, due diligence, I guess, don't they? And yeah. uh, 
and make it equal. But yeah, you, for all those poor supporters worried about missing out, I'm sure uh, I'm sure there's going to be uh, opportunities that uh, come back surely. Yep. So Indeed. don't fret. Indeed, it's just exciting. Like, uh, let's let's get straight into it and do our love and hate. Uh, did you have a hate this week, mate? Nah, I got nothing. Nah, what's me, the hate? Me either. Me either. Nothing to hate this week, mate. If I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna be hyper, hyper hateful, technical, I guess I could criticise the fatigue in the last quarter where we were pretty sloppy. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, there was quite a few passes in the back lines which were missing the targets. But Collingwood looked as knackered as what we were. So yeah. it must have been pretty muggy up there. But that's that's it. That's all I got. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I've got nothing, mate. No, no hates this week. Nothing to hate, baby. What, is it, what about your love? What about my love? Just what we spoke about. We're, we finished on top of the ladder. Like, complete underdog story as far as I'm concerned. Um, mm. and, um, and I guess I'll probably pull out a couple of uh, or uh, whipping boy Jared Lena I thought best game of the year um, you know, yep. you can't ask for a guy that's been dropped come back um, you know, I thought he had a, a fantastic game um, he might fall out of the side for Tom Cleary coming back which might be rough but you know I yeah I've, I've been a bit critical of him from time to time but I thought his body work was good his um, his influence on the game was good. He you know, he made all the right decisions, and um, yeah, hats off to uh, Jared. I thought he had a fantastic game. Absolutely, yeah, no doubt about that. Well, he's um, he's the perfect uh, backup, really, at the moment. He's probably not good enough to play week in week out. He does have his uh, his low games every now and then, um, but as an experienced backup, he's the right age. He's a good height at one ninety five centimeters. You know, he just comes in and does his job, and he's done that all year in the five games that he's played. He's just come mm. in and, and done his job, which is uh, exactly what we want. Yep. <coughs> I heard. Uh, I was reading on the forums what there he might be a bit of potential um, trade bait. Yeah, well, I guess it just depends if he wants more game time or not, isn't it? So. You know, I think our defence is fairly settled at this point with Jonas, Cleary, McKenzie, Burton. Um, you know, maybe he could get Bonner's spot. Uh, depends if Bonner leaves or or what have you. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'd like to keep him because I think he's he's good as that next man up. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, you know one of the secrets to our success has been our durability. Um, so not having to play too many players, but the players that have come up on the list, um, you know, that 22 to 30, um, they've more, more times than not, they've done their job, whether it's Lena, Sam, Sam Mays, um, you know, the rest of Sutcliffe, even, even though it's a bit of a controversial one. Um, yeah, they've all, they've all, and I think that's the secret to our success this year, really, that the, yeah. The backup, so yeah, it would, it would suck to lose too much of our depth um, because um, yeah, and I think there'll be opportunities for um, Palmy Lena going forward as well. For sure, yeah. Look, my love is also the fact that we finished top of the ladder, mate. Like that's just a season that I'll look back on fondly, and, and hopefully more fondly uh, in a month's time. Um, but you know, nobody picked us to finish top. No one no. at all. And, well, uh, even us. Know, well, exactly. I think I had us 11th. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I thought we were going to uh, regress a little bit this year and then sort of uh, climb back up the ladder from uh, 2021 onwards. But, you know, mm. f- from game one, we w- we've just been switched on. We've looked the goods. Um, you know, we, we dealt with uh, the whole COVID drama better than any other club when that was at its peak. Um, you know, we've been able to, to deal with the, you know, the early morning travels and going to the Gabba and all that sort of stuff really, really well. And, uh, you know, I'm just exceptionally proud of this group. Like, everyone involved from the players, the coaches, uh, Ken, the assistant coaches, every, everybody involved. Um, I should be very proud of what they've achieved so far. And um, as I said on the forums, there's just three wins left. That's all we need, three wins left. But I guess the most pleasing thing is the fact that, you know, a lot of players that had question marks over them coming into this season, almost all of them have delivered. And really stood up, and um, and that's the main reason why we uh, we are top of the ladder. Yeah, and well done to the assistant coaches. Yeah, they've uh, they've stepped up, and you know, I mean, I think the brand of footy might not have been as good as what it's been in years gone by, but I'm still when you win, it's still entertaining, right? Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Well, look, I, look, there's still a lot of. Uh, Port fans on Big Footy that uh, you know were kind of unimpressed with our season um, as it was happening and all that sort of stuff. But look, at the end of the day, as I said, like I just take it one week at a time, and we've been winning most weeks. So if you, if you can't be un, if you can't be happy with how we've played this year, then Jesus Christ, like it's gonna. <laughs> I'm not sure what else we can possibly do at this point in time. Correct. What about the uh, All Australian squad announcement? Mate, five five nominees in the squad of forty. That's uh, that's a Port Adelaide record, I reckon. Um, even though the squad of forty hasn't been around for too long, but uh, we'll go through them one by one. Travis Boak, obviously, just an absolute superstar this year. Uh, played every game, dominated in the middle. Uh, one of the Brownlow favourites. He's an absolute lock. Yes, Can't has to be in there. Uh, I heard a bit of commentary on uh, with Blighty and Wildey on the way home, and you know, and they were saying, oh, you know, there's some good players like Dangerfield and um, and Martin, you know, and that's what he's up against. But at the end of the day, oh, he um, yeah. Well, Martin will um, probably get a spot on a flank or in a forward pocket. Danger may be the same, but um, neither have really been standout midfielders this year. Whereas Boak, Boak and Neil. And probably someone like Jack Steele, maybe Petraka, those guys, uh, they'll, they'll fill out the uh, the midfield spots. Yeah, well, I guess the question is, are we picking on re- reputation or are we picking on form? Yeah, so... Or both, and, both, uh, both really. Yeah, it's correct. And he he rightfully deserves... Like, I, I mean, him and Lockie Neal probably deserve to be starting midfielders, not the token bench selection, yeah, even absolutely. though I'm sure Travis wouldn't care. Um, but yeah, Lockie Neal and Travis both deserve to be starting midfielders as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, spot on. Charlie Dixon, um, he's in with a big shot as well. Finished second in the Coleman. Uh, 32 goals for the year, most contested marks. Um, he's just been great all season. Yep. He's been consistent. Um, <coughs> you know, it's... Um, yeah, he's been spoken about being focal point too much, maybe. But look, at the end of the day, he's the second highest goal kicker. 
probably would have pushed Hawkins if he uh, had his accuracy boot on for the whole year. But um, look, he's, I'd say this season's probably been better than his 2017 season for us. Yeah, for sure. Oh, definitely has. Definitely has. He's been well, he more consistent. More he he more did. Yeah, but um, yeah, probably. Oh, I feel like he's been, his impact has been more noticeable this year than what it was in 2007. Absolutely. Uh, Tom Jonas, who just ha- has had a monster season down back. Just uh, only game I can really remember him being beaten in was uh, against Brisbane, and uh, maybe when he was playing on Dangerfield um, against Geelong. But outside of that, he beat his opponent every single game, whether it was tall or small. You know, he was he smashed guys like Jesse Hogan, uh, Jack Darling, Jake Stringer, beat Smalls like Dugowie and Mitch Wallace. And um, and a few others throughout the season. Toby Green's another, I think. Um, look, if it was up to me, he would be absolutely in the squad, hundred percent. But I have a feeling he'll probably miss out. Look, I, I don't know. I mean, who's he up against? Well, he's up against. Um, well, you've got Weedering, who'll probably make it. You've got Harris Andrews, who'll probably make it. Then you've got Darcy Moore. He had a very good season. Um, Dylan Grimes had a very good season. Uh, Luke Ryan filled in that spot as a key defender, had a very good season. Um, so that that sort of a key defensive two or maybe three spots in the side is going to be, that's probably the hottest spot. Um, well, look, I guess at the end of the day, Australian though, team. he is captain of the stingiest defence the whole season. Um, you know, Darcy Moore, Collingwood had, what, the second tightest defence. Um, I don't know what else they're sort of rating it on. I mean, personally, yeah, I don't know. I just think that, again, Tom, he deserves to be, I think anyway, I think he deserves to be like that third tall defender in the um, in the All-Australian side, but behind maybe, you know, you have Weeder in a centre-half back and more full-back with Tom in the back pocket, you know? Yeah. There's, I think there's arguments that he should be, uh, you know, All-Australian captain, really. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'd, yeah, look, I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. Look, this is the third time in four years he's made the squad, so I'm hoping that they give him the nod over someone like Luke Ryan. Uh, this year, just because of that, and look, as you said, you know he's been the best defender in, you know, pretty much the best defensive team, who finished top of the ladder. So, and he's captain. So, for me, he would absolutely be in the side. Uh, another yeah. defender on the list, Darcy Byrne Jones, who's just been super consistent all year. He made the All Australian squad last year as well, and uh, didn't take a backward step this year either. No, he's been great. Um, again, I mean, it's easy. We're, I guess we're a little bit biased, but um, it's easy for us to make a case for probably all of them, you know. So, but mm. I mean, Darcy's consistency has been his biggest improvement this year, and I think uh, it's great for him to be recognised. And <coughs> again, I guess yeah, it's a tough spot, but hopefully, uh, hopefully, he might be in it to win it. But the first three definitely, uh, I hope, are recognised and. Fingers crossed for Darcy. It would be a great achievement for him. Yeah, now, I'm, not, I'm not expecting him to get in the side. I think um, 
I think Maynard will, will be a lock. I think Vlosten might get in, and I reckon Caleb Daniel might get in as well. Um, mm. But, look, not taking anything away from Darcy. You know, to make it two years running uh, is a fantastic achievement to make the squad. Absolutely. And then, the surprise packet, Zach Butters. Oh, the whole Australian 40. <coughs> the man. The man. The man. I, Unbelievable. There's so much Butters love at the moment. You could uh, smother me in Butters right now, Macca. Yeah. Well, I have done before, mate. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, enough of that. Um, look, that was... The, my first thought was, wow, that's pretty outrageous. Um, you know, to have Zach Butters there. Um, but is there a more impactful efficient player in the league than Zach Butters in what he does. I guess, look, we watch him week in, week out. I mean, so what's fantastic is that they've actually um, um, they've actually recognised Sam, uh, Zach. Um, yeah, so look, pound for pound that, that kid, like so lean but he's so influential and he's a big game player. I mean, uh, when you guys were doing your um, show the other night, the preview show, which was on uh, Sunday, um, Monday, you know, I was sort of saying that, oh, if I could, I'd put, I'd put a sneaky little 10 bucks on Zach to win the Norm Smith medal because I reckon he's that sort of player. You know, oh, that sure. if, we, if we made the grand final, he would have maybe 18 touches, but every single one of them would count and then his body work and everything else, um, you know, would just make such a difference. So yeah, I, him and Robbie Gray would be my two Port Adelaide Norm Smith medal bets if we make the uh, grand final. Tom Rockley for me, mate, but uh, I do agree with what you say. There's a, a lot of Cyril Rioli about Zach Butters in that he's just full impact. Um, doesn't necessarily get the most disposals on any given week, but um the impact that he has with him, his efficiency, um, you know, he's right up there with goal assists, score involvements, all that sort of stuff. His defensive pressure is fantastic. And uh, in a lot of our big wins this year, he's been right up the top of our best players. So I think yeah. it's, um, it's fantastic. It's not a selection that I think many of other team supporters will understand. But given that we've watched him week in, week out and seen just how great he has been this year... Uh, I think it's fully deserved. I think it, it's it's better because um, there's nothing better than looking at other teams' supporters being um, salty, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good salty selection. But get on it, guys and girls. I saw um, the Norm Smith list had Marshall from St Kilda at 750 to 1 and Zach wasn't even listed. So um, get on it. That's Rick's, on. Uh, Rick's tip because I, I've said all year, Macca, that I believe in the leap year theory. You do. You sure do. That's right. 150th year, prison bars, all that sort of stuff. You know, it's, yes. It's our it's, year to win it, mate. It's our it's year to win it. Destiny. It is. Now let's uh, get on with the review of last night's game. It was... Uh, Build is a fantastic matchup, really, to end the home and away season. Port Adelaide played Collingwood at the Gabba on Monday night. Uh, Port playing to seal their first McClellan trophy since 2004. Collingwood playing to avoid going to Perth to face West Coast in an elimination final. 
Um, and Port, as they've done all year, really impressed most on the night and sealed top spot in what was a really good match uh, by 16 points. Nine goals, seven to seven goals, three. Brad Ebert and Stephen Motlop, the multiple goal kickers, with two goals each. What was your thoughts on the game, mate? I thought it was a great, entertaining game. I mean, Port started strongly, and to Collingwood's credit, they uh, they fought back uh, really well. <coughs> Pardon me. And it was just a, a tight tussle uh, for a lot. I, I thought um, Scott Lysett, again, even though uh, Brody Grundy won the hit-out statistically, um, I thought um, Lysett sort of nullified his hit-outs, if you could say that. And, and our midfield still won the contested ball anyway. So, yeah. um, so unlike the Brisbane game and, and the St Kilda game where the rucks really exposed us, um, yes, Scott was... And that was a bit of a worry, wasn't it, when he went down in the third with the, with the rolled ankle, but he came yeah. out and, and that, that moustache is like football porn. It's, it just, it's just an amazing manly thing of nature and um, got to love the Scott. But, Mate, I, um, I haven't seen a moustache that good since Wes Fellows. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like a 1960s porn hero going on there. Mm. But um, <clears throat> as the commentators pointed out and, the, and our supporters have rightly pointed out as well, I think the key was that, you know, Every time Collingwood challenged, we had gears, right? And uh, we kept we kept replying and, and increasing the intensity. That's the um, and I, I think that was the key differentiator. Our our half back line and our defence overall was fantastic. Not that I rate Cox, I think he's a bit overrated personally, but um, but you know DBJ and Houston on each half back flank, uh, you know, fantastic. DBJ three um, sorry Houston's first three quarters were amazing. Obviously fatigued in the last, but you know, eight intercept marks. His uh, his disposal usage um, was just you know out of this world. And yeah, the midfield workman light and Robbie Gray, I thought uh, standout performance. I mean, every time he got the ball around the contest in the midfield, he was like everyone talks about Scott Pendlebury, but Robbie just seemed to have that same influence where. The player, the opposition players are right next to him, and then all of a sudden he's got this two metre gap, and he's distributing the ball so well. He, he Robbie is hitting peak form at the at the right time, and it was just exciting. And again, it was just a, a magnificent team performance. They're playing team orientated football. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Collingwood came at us pretty hard numerous times throughout the game, and got on top for a little bit, but. Just like the Richmond game, you know, we had answers and we were able to wrestle back control and wrestle back momentum and made sure we won the game. And uh, you know, I was a little bit concerned at the start of the last quarter. I thought Collingwood were getting on top, but uh, Marshall kicked that uh, that nice goal uh, just to sort of seal the deal and and make sure we won our first McClellan Trophy in 16 years, which is uh, fantastic. It's amazing. And has there been a side that's won... Not that it means too much, but has there been a side that's won more um, McClellan trophies in the last 20 years than what we have? Uh, not in the AFL era. I think we are top with four at the moment. So, uh, I mean, nice. on one hand, it's one hand it's an impressive feat. On the other hand, it's a little bit disappointing that we haven't been able to capitalise on it. But, you know, and uh, I think this year's performance... Um, you know, is 
I think under duress, like I don't think people, a lot of the experts aren't giving the uh, recognition that it deserves. Um, you know, we we played under the same, if not more, duress than most other sides. So, yep. yeah, hats off to them. And I'm sure you want to talk about Tommy Rockley. I will. I'll start at the bottom and work our way to the to the better players. But I wanted to talk about Stevie Motlop first. He, um, you know, I thought his first half was a little bit down. Um, but I thought he was really good after half time, and you know, once again, kicked two goals. Uh, didn't get a lot of the ball, but he's probably done enough now to secure a final spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, he kicked two goals. His second goal was um, it was a motlop special. It was a mot- it, it was like it, it was like his cousin ten years ago, but just mm-hmm. a bit closer. Yeah, <laughs> I still thought Daniels was goal of the year, mind you. Yeah, oh, that should have been. Yeah, it was very similar, very similar goal. Yes, and I think we've even spoken about how Matthew Lloyd robbed him that year is beyond me. But, but yeah, great goal. But great goal. look, he's done his job. I think he. I mean, I was thinking about it during the game. If you've got a player that kicks two goals and has two possessions, plays a bit of a has a bit of a defensive accountability, can you? You can't really drop that, can you? Mm. No, probably not. Not, if, I mean, if, not you, if they're getting on the scoreboard. If they're getting two goals, like you know, if they're not getting, if they're not kicking goals, well then different story. But yeah. if they're if they're kicking goals, like you, um, yeah, you just well, you just have to do it, right? You got to keep them inside. I mean, it's twenty four guy, that's thirty four goals a year if you did it every game. But anyway, I'd so I'd keep them in, but. Uh, Brad Ebert was another who kicked two goals. Kicked the first one after about four and a half seconds, which is great. And, uh, you know, he was just on fire last night as well. One of our best players. Yep, he's been consistent, hasn't he? Yeah, he's very consistent. He's barely played a bad game this year. And after all our concerns yep. coming into the season, he's uh, really silenced uh, the critics. Yep. Which has been great. He's been wonderful. Yep. Uh, Connor Rosie. Uh, had a few little purple patches, um, poor finishing. Probably should have finished with two goals, but I don't know. Is it as clear to you as it is to me that he's really being hampered by a bit of a leg injury at the moment? I think so. I mean, like, you know, in our Port Fern radio chat, people were obviously um, uh, picking on the normal whiffing boys, but you know, I was sort of, um, I was sort of saying that. Um, you know, I mean, you need to look at Rosie as much as anyone. I think his influence is down. Obviously, he he must be injured, right? But um, yeah. he just—I don't know—he just seems to have lost a lot of his lateral movement. Like his change of direction is almost non-existent. There was a few times where he's sort of heading towards the boundary, and all he could do was sort of wander over. Whereas usually he'd try and sort of evade it and zip zap around, but. I don't know, he just, like, he's just a straight-line player at the moment. He just doesn't seem to have any sort of confidence in turning um, at pace at the moment. No. Uh, I, I, you've I got to keep him in. You've got to keep him in do, because, because he can he, just go nuts in the and final. And he attracts, he attracts a, a defender, doesn't he? Like yeah. a good defender because he's a good player. But I think he is off at the moment. Yeah. That is it. Um, look, let's talk about uh, Riley Bonner, who um, had probably the worst moment of any Port player this year, except for Justin Westhoff. 
and his uh, crap kick against St Kilda. Uh, but how did, what was your uh, reaction to the big double fister, mate? Oh, look, he's not the he's not the first person to fluff that, is he? You know, I mean, most court defenders have done that in their time. I think Jonas has done it, Howard's done it. Um, mm. Yeah, it was coaching one hundred and one for us at that one stage. I mean, Chaplin did it three times a week for Chaplin did it three, <laughs> three times years. a week. Obviously, he just lacked a bit of situational awareness. You know, did the players talk to him? I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, he's just he's almost like the Cam Hitchcock of 2020, like, of 2012, you know, where it didn't matter how how good or bad you were, the, everyone just sort of hates you now. Yeah, I think he's... From a supportive perspective, I, I think it'll be hard for him to uh, stay, but I thought he was all right. He took the second half, he he took some intercept possessions, his disposal was good. There wasn't much running run and carry in his game plan, um, but, <coughs> but, yeah, I thought uh, overall... Um, he was okay without being great. Well, outside of that one moment, I thought he played a really good game. You know, defensively, he was good. Um, he took some really nice intercept disposals. Uh, he set up the play, got involved in some score involvements, and um, used the ball really, really well. Had some nice uh, switching disposals there as well. Like Outside of that, but I don't know. It's kind of like the Tom Logan syndrome. Like doesn't matter what Tom Logan used to do. There was always one or two like horrific errors that you always remembered more than the good stuff. But um, I feel like Riley played a pretty good game last night, and unfortunately, he just had that one horror moment. I'm a bit of a, uh, I was a bit of a Tom Logan hater. Mm. I mean, his heart was there. It wasn't that I hated him. It was just that he was the type of player that you know isn't going to take us to that. The, the holy grail, so to speak. He was just mm. a work-like player. He was a stopgap player. He was a stopgap player. I don't know. I don't know if Bonner's a stopgap player, to be honest. I, I think, um, I think he's a little bit more than that. But uh, he's a completely different player to Logan. But yeah, mm. but you're always going to have a whipping boy, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. On to the best players. Dan Houston had uh, arguably his best ever game of AFL football. I thought he was absolute magic last night. Like how many intercept marks did he take? Just he took eight. He would have broken eight. the season record Crazy. if he if he didn't fumble that one in the last that resulted mm. in a goal. But I said I think it was cooked. I think most of the team was cooked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had a great game. The perfect halfback flankers job that was. That was uh, that was spot on. His best game of AFL footy. Used the ball really really well. Got in the way perfectly. Beat his opponent. Just um, absolute superstar. Darcy Byrne Jones was fantastic again. Um, you know, just didn't put a, put a foot wrong, really. Um, you know, just his ability to sort of get the ball in close um, in some contests around half back and just find a way to get through traffic and break free is uh, is highly underrated, I reckon. And even Hamish has found his form. If we're going to just talk about the half back flankers, um, Hamish is looking a lot. He sort of had a mid season slump, but he seems to be back now as well. But um, yeah, look, we've got a we've got a very dependable backline, and and those two like you know, you, you're almost we're almost now building around Houston, Burn Jones, and Cleary, aren't we? Because obviously Tom Jonas is thirty next year, Trent McKenzie's twenty nine, Hamish Hartlett is what thirty. Um, <coughs> so um, yeah, it's um, it's interesting, like 
how that backline plays out. But I think, you know, Jonas and I don't know if I don't know, like, I don't know if McKenzie's a long term solution. I think he's a stock cap solution. Yeah. But he's playing bloody well though, isn't he? He is, absolutely he is. Uh Pep, I thought he was once again um uh, big on impact. Only the nine touches, but gee, some of his tackles and big bumps and you know, he made some Collingwood players second guess themselves. Yep, he's great. I thought I thought his timing was a little bit off last night to other games, um, but yeah, he, he was the sort of it's he's a, a bit like what we're saying. He's one of those high impact for not as many disposal disposals this season. But you know, when you've got Rockliffe, Gray, Wines, Boak um, running through the midfield as your priority midfielders, um, yeah, you just got to do play your role for the team, don't you? Yep. Uh, speaking of Rockliffe, uh, 30 touches, 10 clearances, 15 contested disposals, kicked a goal. Um, just, you know, his last four or five weeks has just been so dominant. Who would have, who would have thought it was going to take three years for Rockliffe to find form? Mm. You know, he, he is now as good as what he was at Brisbane in his best years. He's playing yeah. that well at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think that's a... Uh... <clears throat> a fair call and um, yeah I mean we're really starting to see why Port wanted him in the side and uh, yeah it's it's an exciting nucleus that they've got there yep absolutely um, unfortunately it probably means that Boke won't win the brown line because uh, I reckon Rocky <laughs> will, will probably have double figure votes himself well I think if if uh... If we, if Rocky can help us um, get to the final, um, I'm sure Travis and and uh, Robbie Gray and Justin Westoff probably wouldn't care. Yeah, uh, Ollie Wines, I thought um, was brilliant once again. Not his most noticeable game, but um, just did what he had to do. Twenty three touches, four clearances, uh, four tackles as well, and and similar to Rocky, as we've said for the last few weeks, you know. He was probably a little bit of a slow starter this year, uh, Ollie Wines, but his last probably eight weeks, nine weeks, has been as good as anybody's in the competition. Yep, I uh, agree. It's just you're just talking common sense, Macker, and it's good to see. I usually do, mate. You, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, he's back in the fans' good books, isn't he? It was last year, it was trade the bugger. He's no good. He wants to leave us. Damn him. Yeah, we're lucky getting a second rounder. Now he's uh, he'd be worth a number one pick almost the way he's playing at the moment. So, but I, I would, you know, we could. He's really the midfielder in this form that we need to build the new look midfield around. You know what? Tom Rockliffe and Travis Boat probably got two years in them, and Robbie Gray. Um, have probably got two years. So. Um, you know, we're, there's a bit of a void going to come through there. Ebert, Rockcliffe, Gray, Boat, all go. We, who are the midfielders that are going to come through? Yeah. And you mentioned Gray, and uh, look, he had a huge game last night as well. 25 touches, seven clearances. It was back to the best of uh, midfielder Robbie Gray. And we've seen that a lot in the last, uh, again, in the last sort of four or five weeks. He's uh, spent more and more time in the midfield and, uh, and has been getting... A lot more of the ball and having a lot more influence as well. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. He's obviously that foot injury, that turf toe, whatever he had at the start of the season, really um, hindered him. But I mean, I, I think his set shots 
this year and or his goal kicking this year is probably the best that I reckon I've seen him consistently for a whole season mm. um, shooting for goal. Like I've, that's probably been my major criticism of Robbie over his journey is under pressure. I know he's kicked a couple of match winning goals for us, but he's he's also missed a lot of um, sitters like dead like bit same like Westos. You know, dead in front, momentum yeah. killers, you know. Um, but this year, yeah, he's um, yeah, he's and he's playing at a sublime level. Yeah. Fifteen goals. And he, he, would have been, he, would have, he would have been a lock for all Australia if uh, he played right out for the whole year. Oh for sure. For sure. What'd you say? Fifteen six? Fifteen goals six for the season, yeah. 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 And what a luxury it is to have, you know, when you've got Boak, Wines and Rockliffe as your starting midfield, and then you can bring in Robbie Gray as your next one in, or Sam mm. Powell-Pepper, um, who's had a great well, how, year as well. How old is Rockliffe? Is he 28? Uh, I think he's probably a bit older than that. Uh, he's 30. He'll be 31 before the season starts next year. So that's a bit of an issue, though, for us, like for on, not for now, but for ongoing seasons, because, I mean, what are we going to do? You're going to have, what, Travis is well, probably got two years. Robbie Gray's got one year. Tom Rockliffe, what, one, two? Yep. Look, Boat could probably go, who knows, he, at least another two, you would think. Robbie, I'm expecting one more. Rockliffe, probably one more. So they're the two that we need to replace uh, quick so smart. It's a bit off topic for our, our show, but I guess uh, you know that Perryman rumour, Would he, is he sort of like that sort of player that, would come in next year, you know, rotate through the midfield for with a view that the year after he might be a permanent midfielder? Uh, yeah, he's already pretty much a permanent midfielder for GWS. Um, he's good on a wing, can play in the centre square as well. Uh, obviously, we'll have Pal Pepper that can move in there. We've got uh, Rosie that can move in there, Dersma as well in time. Um, Butters maybe too. Uh, so we, we've got plenty of options. Uh, it would be nice if someone like Willem Drew could uh, could get fit. There's obviously uh, Jackson Mead as well. He can play through there. And uh, we'll get uh, Taj Schofield at the end of this season too. So we'll be all right. I think um, you know that's why I'm sort of big on Crouch coming because I think he's in that sort of good age bracket to sort of fill the gap a little bit even if it's just for a couple of years. But if we if we miss out on him and get Perryman instead, then, uh, yeah, I'm all for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's talk about some uh, big footy questions. Yes. And, uh, Bomber Clifford has asked a few here. The first one is, is Bonner as bad as the group think suggests? Well, we sort of spoke about that. I, I don't think he's so. He's not. No. He's not, think, but as we said, he's he's, he, just makes, he just makes obvious mistakes, which... Um, which hurt and which you remember. Like, if you remember the worst mistake each week, it's likely to be a bottom mistake. And that's what people seem to remember as opposed to the 9, 10, 11, 12 other things that he did which were perfectly fine. Yep. Uh, number two, will Westhoff get a look in during finals? Uh, it would have to be... A tall injury, I would imagine. If Marshall or Adams go down or Lysett, I would say Westhoff would come in. Look, he's played some good games this year, Westhoff, um, at the start of the season. So, I don't know, maybe with uh, with a couple of extra weeks off, 
he might be might have freshened up a little bit and look if Laddams looks like he's struggling or something like that then um, you know he's next man in really west off so yeah. we'll see how he goes mm-hmm. if that happens and uh, last question from Bomber is uh, is Darcy Byrne Jones becoming our most consistent player in the AFL era AFL era that's a big call Okay, Lady would be up there. You had uh, Roger James, mm. um, you know, Travis Boak, Josh Franco. I'm trying to think of defenders, probably Blake, he, would, he would be right up there as a defender. Axman, Wilson. <coughs> Maybe as a halfback flanker, yeah. I mean, Montgomery, but he was only there a short time, really, wasn't he? So... We had a lot of part, like bit part players for like three seasons, not whole careers. So yeah, maybe maybe he's a halfback flanker. Yep. Yep, I'd agree. Jake Need fan has asked, "Is James Rowe the answer to our small forward woes?" Is that Stephen Rowe's son? Yep. Probably a question for you to answer. Uh, maybe. Do we have small forward woes at the moment? I'm not sure. We. We are that desperate for a small forward. Um, yeah, not, not, not too sure. Look, he's obviously had a big year in the SAFL. He had a big year last year too. I think he's leading the Ken Farmer medal at the moment. But um, I don't know. He's very short though. He's very short, not very quick. Um, well, we've got Taj coming that's small as well, right? And mm. and if we get Burgoyne, he's not a tall player either. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I think we've got a lot of forward options. Um, I would expect he might he might find his way onto an AFL list as a rookie list player if uh, we still have a rookie list. But I don't know. It depends if um, you know with uh, with lists potentially shortening. Um, yeah, maybe he might miss out for another year or two. But look, he's done a lot more than what I thought he would. Because uh, mm. in his under-18s sort of seasons, he, he looked like just like a small midfielder. Um, but the fact that he's gone up forward and is able to kick so many goals is, uh, has been great for him. He's done well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Butters made me do it as I asked, how many bricks will be shat between now and our final against Geelong? And would it be enough for a new grandstand at Alberton? Nah, there's no, no bricks being shat here. I don't know about you. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe Maybe next week. There might be a few. Depends what I eat, nah. though. But, you know. Honestly, I feel very confident. Mm. Famous last words. I feel that com- I still feel confident that we'll win the grand final. I'm I'm all in, mate. I am all in. And I'm very happy with the fact that I got my Port Adelaide at eight dollars fifty. Hey. Good my hundred dollars, my hundred dollars at eight dollars fifty. I can cash out for a hundred and two dollars at the moment. Yep. I could make two bucks. Mm. I like it. Mm. Uh, PA John has asked: uh, Is reduced capacity Rosie better than full capacity Sutcliffe? <sighs> Probably need to ask Choco Williams this question, really, because he's he's usually good at um, you know seventy percent of this player is better than hundred percent of this player, so. Well, it's not that Rosie was bad. I just think that he just lacks the polish that he showed last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yes, 70% Rosie is better than 100% Sutcliffe. 
depends how, if you look at it abstractly, because seventy percent of Rosie longer term playing is going to be better um, than um, him not playing over Sutcliffe. Yeah. Uh, Glitch has asked: Was this uh, Leanet's breakout game? Mm, it was a good game. It was a good game. It was a good game. Because he's, he's played some good games. But I thought his first game for the season was pretty good too. Yeah. So, yeah. but... I think it's more just another game in a list of very consistent games that he's played. Yep. Uh, G-Bear has said, uh, how good is Zach Butters being named in the best 22, under 22 side and selected in the AA squad? Very, very good. Very, yeah, very good. Amazing. A lot of people are up in arms that uh, Pal Pepper missed out on the best 22 under under 22 side. He was named in the, the squad, but not uh, not the team. Yeah, probably. But, you know, he's, uh, he's a uh, convicted... Uh, Innocent bad boy, so uh, mm. it's going to work against him. And last question is from Raman, which is, uh, can we charter a Ports board bus to head up to Brizzy for the grand final? Well, I did notice someone said they bought Flexi Fair, <coughs> excuse me, um, tickets, which isn't a bad idea because at least you can shuffle them around. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Would you'd like a big footy bus, wouldn't you, Macca? Mate, I looked up today the uh, the distance between Adelaide and Brisbane. It's a twenty-two hour drive, which is uh, so quite long. It's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. But the good thing is that um, you can. We can now drive through New South Wales and then into Queensland, which uh, which is better because it was looking like a thirty-hour drive going up through Northern Territory and then across Queensland. What is the um, when's the grand final? Uh, probably in about four weeks, mate. I'm, I'm just doing a quick. Uh, I'm just doing a quick search now for a couple of tickets. So what are we? It'll be getting, getting pretty expensive, I reckon. So Saturday, so it would be. Is it the 24th of October? Let's have a look, mate. 24th of October it is, yeah. All right, let's... Uh, when are we going up? Oh, probably the 23rd. All right, two adults, Macca and Rick, flying to Brisbane. What have we got? Oh, well, that's not too bad. Spill the beans. <laughs> What's the price? Um, it's no, it's I gotta do it again. Sorry. Oh, this is uh, great radio. This is. I'm uh, sorry, everybody. I I got it back to front. I, I've got us going from Brisbane. Um, I've got us going from Brisbane to, to Adelaide. Adelaide. Yeah, so no, that, that doesn't that work, mate. Be, yeah, I was thinking 184 dollars is uh, pretty cheap. <laughs> What do you reckon? Yeah, it's probably a thousand and eighty-four dollars now. But... You reckon a thousand and eighty-four bucks? We're going to fly economy, though, right? Business or economy? Oh, I'm going to say four. Oh, it'll be four hundred and eighty-five dollars. That's my bet. Nah, mate, let's load up. Yeah, if you want a flexi fare, 
So, do you know what? If it, see if it was me, I would just buy a Virgin, $249. Oh, that's pretty Fle- good. Flexi-fair. That's not bad. There you go. Let's get that's on that bad. one. Is that one way or is that return? Return. Oh. Well, that would be 249 to go there. And then return would be uh, 245. Okay. That's it. I'm loading I'm up. I'm going nice. to... We're on our way. Otherwise, you could always look at going to the Gold Coast and then drive from Gold Coast to Brisbane. We could fly up to Townsville or Mackay, even. No, you're just being Cairns. silly. We could go to Cairns and drive down. No, you're just being silly. Stop mocking Cairns. Cairns is fine. <coughs> it's like 2,000 days from Brisbane to Cairns. Well, it's better than driving for 22 hours, isn't it? <laughs> Which is about 10,000 kilometres. It is, it is. Mm. But uh, anyway, isn't it exciting that at least um, we can... We have these options to talk about. We we can dream about these things. Unbelievable. Yeah. I think it's it's great. I'm excited. Well, that's enough for this evening, mate. We'll we'll have uh, the rest of the week off and come back... Probably not on Thursday night uh, next week as we'll be watching the game, but uh, maybe on Wednesday night instead we'll do the podcast and do the preview for the first final. I did throw it out there. Maybe uh, me, you and Porsche will all get together and do the review preview show for the final series. Do a three-way preview. I like it. If, she, if she's keen, I'm, uh, you know, it's only, it's only going to be, uh, what, six, six shows for us really, so... Plus your draft stuff, so happy to uh, happy to get in on it if uh, everyone else wants it. That's it. And yeah, I've got mate, a new mate, pe- fix that chair before next uh, podcast, mate. I'm bringing back the squeaky chair. Oh, I can tell. I can tell. But I've got a new. I've got a triple or nothing bet for Porsche. Okay. Zach, I, my bet is uh, Zach Butters won't play 200 games for Port Adelaide. If, if she wants to take it. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Adelaide to Gold Coast. If you go off on Wednesday the 21st, uh, 159 bucks or Flexi Fair, $204 with Jetstar. Bargain. Bargain. There you go. Jetstar does suck. All right, people. Have All a right. good one. Go Ports. Go the power. Go on the Ports. <laughs>